As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Hi, everybody. My name is Paul Renner. Welcome to the home group tonight. My father, Rick Renner, asked me to lead the home group. And along with me today here in the studio is my mother and my brother. Hi, Joel. Hi, Mama. Hi, Paul. And I just want to welcome our home group. Home group, we love you. And we are so, so thankful that you're with us because, you know, the Bible says that where two or more are gathered together and we're gathered together right now, maybe not in the same room, but we're together in his name, that there he is, the very presence of him is here. And we have an expectation today about this home group that God is going to touch each one of us with his presence. Amen. That is the truth, Mama. It is so good to be with you guys. Our TOS office prays for you guys all the time. It's the truth. Every day we're praying for our partners and friends. And they really do. They pray with all their heart every day for you all. And they're waiting to receive a phone call from you. If you guys want prayer, please call us at 1-800-742-5593 or email us at prayer.org. We are eager to pray with you, to put our faith out with yours so a miracle can happen in your life. A miracle. Mom, I know you believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. I expect miracles. And we're really glad you're with us. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to be talking about Easter today because in the normal TV program, the daily program, my father is speaking about Easter. And he's done his stand-ups in Jerusalem. They're pretty cool stand-ups. And it's awesome that we get to travel to these places so that we can show you biblical places or bring the Bible to life. That's really why we do it. So the Bible becomes alive to you. And we're talking about the unknown facts about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look at that. Look at that study guide. That study guide you can get today on our website for free. It's 165 pages. Mama, that's 165 pages. That's a lot. It's a lot. And I was looking at it, going through it before we started filming. And I have to say, it is loaded. Oh. It has a synopsis. It has Greek words. It has a historical background. It has the explanation of where Dad's filming on these locations. So you, when you study by yourself, you can understand. It has a lot, and it's for free on our website right now. But if you want to watch the whole program, you can do that also. You can order this and get these together. And I have to tell you, I think that's a treat. Oh, Joel, this is a gift. Absolutely it a really gift. Is. But really, Dad takes you to these locations, and he explains where all this happened and how it is relevant to what occurred to Jesus before the crucifixion. And it is so, so very vital. But not only that, Dad also wrote a book about this called Paid in Full, and it's a really wonderful book. It's not hard to read. There's 35 chapters, and you just read one chapter a day until you get to Easter. And it's very, very helpful. It explains what happened to Jesus, what is Easter, what is Paid in Full, and it's a wonderful, wonderful book that helps you, guides you up to Easter. Can I say something, Paul? Of course. We need to know everything. And I love this book so much. I've read this book. We need to know everything as much as we can about what Jesus did for us, because that's the power of God. That's our salvation. And we need to know in our heart, in our mind, in our mouth, what he did for us, because that's our power to stand against the evil in these days. 
And I know that many of you watching are standing against some evil. And knowing these facts, putting them in your heart, putting them in your mind, meditating about them, it's going to give you power Mm -hmm. to overcome. That's right. Easter may seem like a familiar subject, but there are so many things about Easter that we skip over about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we simply skip over because we've read it so many times. These verses seem familiar. It seems like we know the songs. It seems like we even know what pastor's going to be speaking about on Easter Sunday because we go to you know, we go to church every single Easter. So it kind of becomes familiar. But Easter is the uh, Easter, the resurrection of Jesus is the central piece of our faith. Because if he was not resurrected from the dead, everything else would be pointless. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Everything else would be pointless if he was not resurrected from the dead. But even that, but the resurrection of Jesus, it proves to us that everything else that Jesus said and did is true and we can believe on him. That's why it's so important that we believe in our hearts that the Lord, the Father, raised him from the dead. It's central to our own salvation to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. It's not just about believing that Jesus was. It's not just about believing that he was a prophet or a wise man. It's about believing that he was the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead. And when you believe in Jesus that way, that's what changes your life. That's what gives you the restoration that you need, the salvation that you need, the forgiveness that you need. That's what, that's exactly what you need to get everything that the Lord has prepared for you. In preparation for Easter, I'd like to ask you to do a few things. Please share your testimony with someone and especially share your testimony with your children. For instance, most of us at Thanksgiving sit around the table and we say, what are you thankful for this year? Right? Well, most of us do that. What are you thankful for this year? It's a really simple question. It's not very easy to answer because sometimes, you know, our answers seem to be like, I'm thankful for family. I'm thankful for my health. Well, those are big things to be thankful for. And even if you're thankful for them every year, that's, that's pretty cool. And it's important to say it. But just like at Thanksgiving, you sit around the family table and say, what are you thankful for? Do something special for Easter. Tell your testimony. Share your testimony, especially with your children. And maybe your kids could share their testimony at the same Easter lunch, dinner, or family event that I hope you have planned. Spend time to celebrate Easter. Make it important. Talk to your children about the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Talk to your children about the importance of his death and how he took upon himself the punishment for our transgressions, sins, or crimes. I like to say crimes. Crimes that we have committed against God. Take time to talk to your children about why this is so important. That's why we do it every year, because it's important and because we need to pass it on to the next generation. Some things require repetition. So take time to share your testimony. Now, so often when we talk about Easter, we stop at the fact that Jesus died at the cross. And in Matthew 28, and of course in Matthew 28, we have the Great Commission, where Jesus actually showed up and spoke to his disciples after his death and resurrection. That's pretty cool. the, The Great Commission is important. That's awesome. Teach all nations. That is very important. 
But just imagine their teacher who they saw dead, they knew he was dead and crucified, came back to life and was speaking to them. There's so much more value in these words when you realize that this is actually the resurrected Jesus speaking to his apostles. It changes their lives forever. But in Matthew chapter 28, uh, verse 5, we read how Mary and Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see Jesus in his grave. And when they showed up, they were surprised. The angel sp- We read how the angel spoke to them in verse 5. And the angel answered and said unto them, Women, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. Now, this is very interesting. They were seeking Jesus which was crucified. So many of us today are still seeking Jesus crucified. We look at the cross, we see Jesus on the cross, and somehow we focus our faith on that moment there, Jesus on the cross. But we believe in his resurrection also, in his death and his resurrection. For he is not here, and the angel said, for he is risen. It's so wonderful. Let's all say it together. He He is risen. 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 And we're still celebrating Easter today because he is risen. If Jesus was not raised from the dead, then we would not be here today on this home group or celebrating Easter in our churches or reading books or sharing our testimony because it would have no meaning. Jesus would have come and gone, but he is risen from the dead And that is the guarantee of our faith. Now today, as we're talking about Jesus and the Easter story, it's so important to remember that this was all voluntary. It may seem that soldiers came to arrest Jesus, but when Jesus said, I am he, the 300 to 600 soldiers that came to arrest him fell flat on the ground. Mm -hmm. Instead of the 300 to 600 soldiers using their torches and lanterns to search for Jesus in the, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane because maybe Jesus would have run and hid in one of the caves nearby, Jesus came to them and said, am I the guy you're looking for? Did you come to arrest me? Well, here I am. And then they led him. They led him as a sheep. And this was prophesied in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, verse 7, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before, the, uh, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He opened not his mouth. Jesus had ample opportunity to stop this entire process, call 12 legions of angels to come and help him. He had ample opportunity to stop this process at any moment, but he did it in total submission to his father and he did it voluntarily. He proved his love to you by voluntarily taking upon himself the punishment for our, for mine, for your crimes against God, so that we could be saved. And as we look at today, the story of Easter, it's so important to remember that Jesus did this absolutely and totally voluntarily. Now, I'm using uh, sparkling gems today, and I'm opening up to April 17th, because usually we celebrate Easter in April. That's why this is uh, 
the Easter story is found in Sparkling Gems in the April month. Joel's using the study guide. I am using the study guide. This thing is awesome. Yes, and we have the book paid in full, which if you watched closely during the daily programs, you can see that my father even reads from the book paid in full while he's in Easter doing the stand-up. So you can use Sparkling Gems, you can use the study guide, or you can use paid in full to follow along. They all work. In uh, Matthew 27, 2, it says, And when they brought him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, to the governor. So we know that Jesus did this absolutely voluntarily and did not resist. Now, who was Pontius Pilate? Let me tell you. Okay. Let me tell you, because I have the study guide. <laughs> and I'm on page 93 of the study guide. Oh, very okay. good. So... Pilate was a ruthless, brutal Roman governor. He was a governor. <clears throat> Yet after hearing and overseeing Jesus' response, the charges brought against him. Now, I might be getting a little ahead of ourselves, but let me finish. Pilate found no charge in him, no fault in Jesus, of course, because Jesus was blameless. In fact, from that point on, Pilate sought to set Jesus free. But he needed a legal loophole to justify his actions. So Pilate was a brutal Roman governor. And Dad said many times, I've heard him say it many times, but governors were changed up pretty often because they weren't able to withstand the people they were governing. But Pilate was so brutal that he was able to be the governor for, I ten, guess... Ten years. Ten years. <clears throat> quite a while. So that's who Pilate was. Okay. But I think it's very interesting to go back to Pilate because Pilate gave Jesus ample opportunity to defend himself. Now, Joel, there's questions, I think, uh, in at the end of each of the uh, program study guides. There is. So let me ask one question. Roman law stated that every accused person had three opportunities to defend himself. If the accused didn't plead his innocence, he was automatically guilty. How does this fact change the way you view Pilate's treatment of Jesus and Jesus' response to him? Okay, Mama. Well, I want to say that <clears throat> Jesus knew that law, of course. And then Pilate asked him one question. Jesus didn't answer. Pilate asked him the second question. Jesus didn't answer. Pilate asked him the third question. Jesus didn't answer. Jesus was con in control of the situation. And... <clears throat> When we decide to give somebody a quiet answer, which the world would say that that's ridiculous because you need to stand up for yourself and you need to tell them what, what's right and you need to tell them that they shouldn't act that way and you need to curse them, they just cursed you. The Bible says that a soft answer turns away wrath. And Jesus at those moments where he wouldn't answer well, he was absolutely shocking Pilate, absolutely. And he was turning away wrath, turning away wrath, turning away wrath with a softness and a control. And when we choose to answer somebody who's accusing us and blaming us and cursing us, and we choose to give a soft answer, that soft answer has more power than all of their anger. 
You think about Pilate. Paul, I'm thinking about this. Pilate had so much power, so much authority. In fact, Pilate said to Jesus, don't you realize that I have the power in my hand to see you crucified and you're not saying anything? And Jesus recognized a much higher authority than Pilate. And I want to say to you, when that person or persons is accusing you or blaming you or cursing you, they may look like they have a lot of power, but the greater one on the inside of you, he's greater. And through that greater one, through his presence, you can answer with a soft answer and it's going to take control of the situation and turn away wrath. Amen. Jesus is our example. And because the Holy Spirit is in us and the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus, when we're in tough situations, and Jesus was, of course, in one of those very, very tight, tough situations, just moments before this, Jesus was sweating as if drops of blood. So Jesus, when is in a very tight situation, he had enough control enough self-control, composure, and inner peace to, to not say something that he would later regret. Now, the same thing is available for you today. Sometimes when you feel like, I, I have to say something, but I don't know what to say, because if I say anything, whatever I say will be wrong. It could be used against me or it could just be simply wrong. And maybe saying nothing is the most difficult thing to do, but it's the only correct thing to do in, the, in this case. The only correct thing to do for Jesus was to say nothing. If Jesus did it, so can you. And if, there, if you need someone else to come and defend you, now, of course, we know that Jesus was raised from the dead, Jesus eventually died on the cross. It looked like the end, but he was then raised from the dead. And sometimes we feel like if we don't respond, if we don't defend ourselves, sometimes we feel like we're going to get to the end of this story pretty quick. But there's someone else defending us. There's someone else helping us and supporting us. Well, I want to talk to the question that was asked. And it was that Jesus, this is right from the study guide, Jesus was given three chances to speak up and plead his innocence, but he didn't. Yet he stood to remain silent and entrust himself into the Father's care. That, is, that, that was Jesus' peace. <laughs> Isn't that just wonderful? We have that peace. We can trust ourselves into the Father's care. That's why Jesus came and died for us and gave us salvation. Isn't that just wonderful? I love it. You know, I think many times we answer because of fear. And Isaiah 41, verse 10 and verse 13 it says that <coughs> excuse me it says that he holds us now this is the truth friend he holds us mm -hmm. by his righteous right hand and when we're in a difficult situation or somebody's accusing us or taking advantage of us we can know that okay i'm not going to fear i'm not going to fear because he's holding me mm -hmm. By his righteous right hand. Now that's a hand you want to be held by. That's mm -hmm. a powerful hand. Mm -hmm. You know, other people recognize Jesus, Jesus' peace. Because the Bible says that 
Pilate marveled greatly <laughs> he did. at Jesus' silence. And uh, that, that explains in the study guide, he said the word marveled is the Greek word thalmazo, and it describes one who is shocked, amazed, baffled, or alas, of words, or complete bewilderment. Pilate had never seen anyone respond in silence that Jesus had. Therefore, he was completely shocked and speechless. And I believe Jesus knew Roman law, like you said, Mother, and he knew what he was doing. If he didn't plead innocent, he was pleading guilty. <laughs> and, he, and Pilate gave him three chances to do that. Mm -hmm. There's so much about the Easter story that is applicable for each of us today. We often get to the end, and we get to the end pretty quickly. He died and he was raised from the dead. But even as he was being led, and I'm, I'm going to accent that right there, led, led as a sheep to slaughter, even as he was being led, there's so much there for each of us. If we just look a little bit deeper, read a little bit deeper, look for encouragement, look for the reactions of other people in the story. Because if you read the story, you can probably put your place, put yourself in the place of many people that you read about in the Bible. Have you ever been in the place of Peter? where someone has said, are you one of those Jesus followers? I was recently listening to a song of one of my used-to-be favorite bands, DC Talk, <laughs> Jesus Freak. Are you one of those Jesus freaks? Are you one of those people that always talk about Jesus? And sometimes there, there may be moments when you, like Peter, back back up and say, hey, you know, that that's, that, that's not me. No, no, that's that's not me. I'm a normal person. It's not That's not me. You could put yourself in Peter's place, or you could put yourself in the place of Jesus in many of these situations because we now have an intercessor next to the Father in heaven who understands us, who knows exactly what we experience, who's probably experienced more difficult, more stressful situations, more painful situations than most of us will ever even come near to. Yet he understands us, and there's so much encouragement for us in that. And even here, when he was being accused falsely, instead of defending himself, instead of following the plan or uh, jumping right into the trap that was prepared for him and possibly even for Pilate, mm -hmm. Jesus was silent, which then gave the uh, Pilate the opportunity for him to send Jesus to Herod, and we're going to talk more about that tomorrow because Herod then made fun of Jesus. Have you ever been made fun of? Have you uh, have expectations been ever placed on you that you didn't feel like you were supposed to respond to? Jesus was in that situation too. Father God, I thank you for this wonderful time that we've had here together. And Lord, I ask you to help us to find time as we prepare for Easter this year to thank you for everything that you've done in our lives, to share our testimony. And Lord, I ask you that those people that will be sharing our testimony with, their hearts would be open and they would be ready and willing to receive you this year or receive encouragement from you this year in the name of Jesus. Paul, I just, you said a very interesting word. You said the word trap. And it made me think of what the devil tries to do. He tries to set a trap that we will bite it and then we'll be in more trouble. We actually become part of the problem where we, if we don't, if we don't take it, we can become part of the answer to the problem.
And so I just want to encourage you as we close, don't take that trap. If you come into a conflict with somebody else, think about Jesus. Think about the power of God inside of you, the greater one inside of you. And don't take that trap that he set for you. That's the power of God. Amen. Amen. See you tomorrow. This has been fun. See you in the next home group. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it. 